Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit AtlantaHomesGuru.com forward slash radio. First of all, Rand Paul shouldn't even be on this stage. He's number 11. He's got 1% in the polls. And how he got up here, there's far too many people. Anyway. While I'm as entertained as anyone by this personal back and forth about the history of Donald and Carly's career, stop this childish back and forth between the two of them. You know, it's interesting to me. Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. We're going to drink more. It's 904 News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi. So glad that you are here with me on News Radio 1067 and absolutely handing it over to you at 844 404 1067. Who was the biggest winner? Who was the biggest loser? Last night, and I can't wait to hear from you because I already spent four hours and 45 minutes hearing from the I, I, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy who watched every minute of both debates. Am, am I the only guy dumb enough to do, do that? I would not be surprised if you were in there with me. How did you? I, I put a big dent in my bottle of Bushmills. I have to stop by the liquor store today uh, to fill it back up. So. Who won, who lost, and why? Uh, I want to hear from you at 844-404-1067. I, there were a lot of moments, a lot of, um, of uh, point, points you could point to. I, I wish I could tell you that I had something to say that if you've been following the story, you haven't heard already. But the headline is, in my opinion, without a doubt, that Carly crushed them. She was clearly the class of the field. In an interview last week in Rolling Stone magazine, Donald Trump said the following about you, quote, look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that, the face of our next president? Mr. Trump later said he was talking about your persona, not your appearance. You know, it's interesting to me. Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly and what Mr. Bush said. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said. I think she's got a beautiful face, and I think she's a beautiful woman. And there it is. There's the whole debate. The two things that happened last night, 
the uh, step up to the next level of the rise of Carly Fiorina in the beginning of the decline of Donald Trump. You saw it happening last night. You saw Donald Trump shrinking on stage. Now, he's a big balloon, a lot of air, so it's not, he didn't crash and burn, but you're just going to see this kind of descent. I, I am predicting at 844-404-1067 that we have hit peak Trump. And I'm not predicting that just because, I mean, uh, I uh, will never, ever vote for Donald Trump under any circumstances. And I will, by the way, never, ever. I will, I've, as I've already told you, I've already taken the pledge. I urge you to take it, too. I've taken the nuts to Trump pledge. I will vote for these nuts if the Republican Party nominates Ron, uh, uh, Donald Trump. But they're not going to. And you saw it last night. How he backed down. He was cowed. This is what I've been saying for weeks I have no sympathy for the Republican candidates who've been whining, it's so tough, Donald Trump's taking up all the oxygen. I can't get any space, hey, big Trump bully. What am I supposed to do? I mean, that, that, was, that was Jeb Bush all night last night. You see Jeb Bush demanding an apology for his wife? Did you see this? This, this is the second. I, I just played the first and most important moment. Carly Fiorina and Donald Trump Carly takes Trump down because like I said, because I've been saying all along, all you get, all the Republicans are whining. All you have to do is beat him. Just beat him. Show me that you can beat Donald Trump. And I'll be very, very interested in the idea that you can beat Hillary Clinton. And Carly Fiorina last night did it. She beat Donald Trump. She made him scrunch down. I think she's pretty too. He, he was the submissive dog for the first time. The alpha dog was the submissive dog. And it was Carly Fiorina, of all people, who put him in his place. And she did. She put him in his place. Now listen, on the other hand, to Jeb Bush. And think about this for a second, particularly of those of you who are female-type people. A guy has insulted you, Jeb Bush's wife. Well, you know, yeah, I'm stuck with her. That's probably why he talks all this Spanish lingo. Uh. So he's, he's dragged her into the race. Jeb Bush claims that he's very offended that Donald Trump has jabbed Mrs. Bush into the race. So, ladies, imagine that your husband feels the need to defend your honor and your husband is Jeb Bush in this exchange. Governor Bush, Mr. Trump has suggested that your views on immigration are influenced by your Mexican-born wife. He said that, quote, if my wife were from Mexico, I think I would have a soft spot for people from Mexico. Did Mr. Trump go too far in invoking your wife? He did. He did. Um, you're proud of your family, just as I am, Correct. to subject my wife into the middle of a raucous political conversation was completely inappropriate. Rock. And I hope you apologize for that, Donald. Well, I have to tell you, I hear phenomenal things. I hear your wife is a lovely woman. She is. I she's don't fantastic. know her. And this she is, is a total absolutely the love of my life. Of and she's right here. And why don't Good. you apologize Good. for her? No, I won't right do that now. because I said nothing yeah. wrong. But I do hear so she's a lovely woman. So here's the deal. Donald Trump, you just insulted my wife. There she is right there. You apologize. Well, I won't. Uh, okay, then we'll talk about something else now. That, that's it, dude. That's it. I mean, if you're going to demand an apology from a guy on national television, you better get the apology from the guy on national television. It was, and on, on the audio isn't as bad as the video. The video of Droopy Dog Bush standing there, kind of that big, you know, kind of big-eyed, saggy, baggy. <laughs> you talked about my wife. She's right there. Why don't you apologize to her? No. Uh, 
Well, that brings up another point that I think I was just sad, man. I mean, it's, you could if that noise you hear at the end are Donald Trump clinking around Jeb's testicles in his hand like a pair of dice. Jeb, but I mean, I, I, I'm not a fan of the Bushes. I, I, I've, I've told you there are two people I won't vote for. Donald Trump and Jeb Bush. Everyone else is on the table. Lindsey Graham, George Pataki, I don't care. You pick them. I just I only have two lines. D's uh, nuts to Trump and stay out to Bushes. Everything else is on the field to play for me. And that was part of the reason why. Why in the world would I want to back a guy who won't defend his own wife? Man, forget <laughs> defending my conservative principles. Forget defending our borders. Forget defending our nation's interests abroad. Dude, Donald Trump. Just dissed your wife in front of you on national television. You got to do something about that. And you know what ended up happening? I mean, seriously, Donald Trump might as well have leaned over to Jeb and said, here, hold my purse. I mean, it was that bad. So that's what I saw last night. You're going to hear from some very smart people. Don't you're not you're not stuck with me. Uh, Tucker Carlson, editor of The Daily Caller. He's on Fox News every weekend. Um, Matt Towery with Insider Advantage. He does polling and political analysis for our friends at Fox 5. He'll be here with the kind of how it looks from Georgia and how it's likely to affect the SEC primary, which happens March 1st uh, across the South. We're also going to hear from Jonah Goldberg, National View. He's the guy that Donald Trump says, what does he know? He can't even buy pants. Uh, he's he's going to join us to talk about this. And this is not all we're talking about. Don't worry. We're, I'm not going to do one of these political you know, civics class seminars. We're going to bore you. We got other stuff to talk. We got to talk about Clockboy. I told you who who did you first hear about Clockboy from? Moi yesterday. I saw the story developing, shared it with you here. And for the people who are trying to make this into a story of Islam and Islamophobia, I'm sorry, you're totally wrong. This story has nothing to do with Islam and everything to do with idiotic zero tolerance policies. And if you disagree with me, I urge you to go to michaelgram.com and click on my blog. I've got a link of a gazillion other stories of idiot administrators and idiot cops acting just as idiotically with people who are as white as, as, uh, I don't know, who's the whitest person in America right now? Oh, Liz Warren, who's, who are as white as Liz Warren. Or no, they're as white as the black lady who heads up the NAACP in Washington State. Uh, oh, while you're there, by the way, at michaelgram.com, We've got a poll up. Cast your ballot for who you think. Who does Georgia think? Who does Atlanta think won the poll, the debate last night? Cast your ballot. Once again, michaelgram.com. Click on the blog page. It's the first item right there. And cast your ballot. We'll tell you the winners at 1145 when we do the confession hot, uh, uh, hotline. Right now, though, let's check the roads with Matt Dorr and the Havlin Express with Travis Center. Hey, Matt. Yes? If, some, if you felt like someone had truly insulted your wife, and you demanded an apology, and they told you, go screw, like last night. Would you have been content like Jeb was no. just to say, well, okay, uh-uh. whatever? No, more marbles here. No, yeah. we, we, we'd have hashed you that out right then if and there. Gonna, if you're going to ask for the apology, you pretty much got to get the oh, apology. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Either, absolutely. Don't, either don't mention it or uh, that's something. Right. Right? That's right. Okay. Either let it go or don't bring it up and then something. let it go. I am never going to insult your wife. That's, Not because I'm afraid of you, because I'm afraid of your wife. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. The head of the Yale Business School, Jeffrey Sonderfeld, wrote a paper recently, one of the worst tenures for a CFO, CEO that he has ever seen. 
ranked one of the top 20 in the history of business. The company is a disaster and continues to be a disaster. They still haven't recovered. In fact, today on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, they fired another 25 or 30,000 people saying we still haven't recovered from the catastrophe. When Carly says the revenues went up, that's because she bought Compaq. It was a terrible deal and it really led to the destruction of the company. Now, one other company before that was Lucent. Carly was at Lucent before that. And Lucent turned out to be a catastrophe also. So I only say this, she can't run any of my companies. You know, there are a lot of us Americans who believe that we are going to have trouble someday paying back the interest on our debt because politicians have run up mountains of debt using other people's money. Very that is, great. in fact, precisely the way you read ran your casinos. You ran up mountains of debt as well as losses using other people's money and you were forced to file for bankruptcy not once, I never not twice, bankruptcy. four times. A record four times. Why should we trust you Mr. to manage you the finances of this nation you, any differently than you manage the finances Charlie, of your casinos? Uh, it's 920. I am Michael Graham. That's right. No doubt about it. That was Rocky versus Clubber Lang, the end of the movie, with Carla Fiorina playing Rocky and putting Donald Trump down. I thought it was a very bad night for Donald Trump, not because he, what he said made no sense. He was obviously lying about not filing for bankruptcy. He's filed for bankruptcy four times. Uh, he's lied, he lied about Florida and the casinos to Trump. I never tried to get a casino in Florida, actually. All this stuff is public record, dude. But who cares? No, The, the Trump supporters don't care about the facts. They just care about Trump the person. Trump the person was wounded last night when he had to cower before uh, uh, Carly Fiorina. That's how it looked to me. Once again, I, I, I don't, candidates I like did not do. I like Scott Walker. He had a crappy debate yet again. He's you know he's got major uh, uh, problems. I think Marco Rubio would be the smartest person for the Republican Party to nominate. Uh, he was he did a fine last night, but he still hasn't caught fire. And my point is, I'm not dissing Trump's performance because I'm not a Trump fan. I'm just his point because I just think it was this. The, the, he was the submissive dog. And I want to we're going to go to phones here at 844-404-1067. Biggest winner, biggest loser um, uh, for you. But this, like I said, listen to this moment. Tell me if this isn't the uh, worst moment Trump has had yet in these debates. In an interview last week in Rolling Stone magazine, Donald Trump said the following about you, quote, look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that the face of our next president? Mr. Trump later said he was talking about your persona, not your appearance. You know, it's interesting to me. Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly and what Mr. Bush said. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said. Now, right there, she wins. But listen, she's got a beautiful face, and I think she's a beautiful woman. I think she's beautiful, and please don't be mad at me. And what I said was stupid, Carly. I think you're beautiful too, dude. Where that is not Donald Trump, man. It's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump would say, "Well, maybe do something about your hair." That's Donald Trump. Come on. What the heck? That, that, that little wimpy guy isn't Donald Trump. You know, th this this is the Donald that has inspired the faithful. 
First of all, Rand Paul shouldn't even be on this stage. He's number 11. He's got 1% in the polls. And how he got up here, there's far too many people. Anyway, as far as temperament, and we all know that. He was asked whether or not he would be capable, and it would be in good hands to be in charge of the nuclear weapons, and all of a sudden there's a sideways attack at me. Uh, and uh, the attack continued. Rand Paul shouldn't even be on this stage. He's number 11. He's got 1% in the polls. And how he got up here, there's far too many people. Anyway. Uh, okay, because at one point, and I, I, I obviously have the wrong cut here, he talked about Rand Paul's looks. At least I didn't attack you on your looks. I think his response, his visceral response to attack people on their appearance, short, tall, fat, ugly, my goodness, that happened in junior high. Are we not way above that? And would we not all be worried to have someone like that in charge of the nuclear Jake, arsenal? Jake, the, I never attacked him on his look. And believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. That's Trump. That's people. People go, I think she's beautiful. And I really, no, no, Trump is, I can make fun of you being ugly too. That's Donald Trump. That Donald Trump, the Trump you love, walked off the stage last night. And I'm. it'll be interesting to see if he can get back there. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. You can email me, michael at michaelgraham.com. Who won, who lost, and why? Reginald, you're on the air. Thank you so much for the call. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, I think Donald Trump absolutely lost last night. And the personal attack needs to stop because Donald Trump himself looks like a toad. <laughs> so he's not the, he's not the sexiest beast in the box either. Um, it was interesting. Um, mm. I I think they spent too little time on other candidates and focused too much on Mr. Trump. Yep, absolutely. Can I ask you a question, Reginald? Because you just you don't work in politics like I have done, right? You're just a normal human being. Uh, yes, sir. I'm actually a 21 year Army vet. Well, thank you for your service. I want to say that, but. The reason I ask is, did you notice how almost all the questions were, Donald Trump said this, Donald Trump said that. Did you notice that last night? Yes. After the first few minutes of watching the debate, I got sick of hearing about Donald Trump said this and Donald Trump said that, and then the rebuttal. Yeah, it was... Look, let's stop, let's stop wasting time. Let's get the foreign policies. Let's yeah. talk about immigration. Let's talk about the minimum wage, yeah. things that are going to help build the middle class back. Yeah, and let's talk about jobs. Let's talk about why someone's going to have a job. And I, 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 I'll tell you this. You know that you've decided to let CNN run your debate, Republicans, when it's 90 minutes in before the word the economy, the phrase the economy is used. And you know what the economy question was? Donald Trump says that you're 18 of the questions figured the phrase, had the phrase Donald Trump in the question. Forget the talking amongst the people. 18 of the questions were, according to Donald Trump, Donald Trump, what the family? Because this is, CNN is all, like like the media, are all about ratings. That's what they're about. That's their job. I'm in all ratings business, too. Trust me, half the things I say to you makes, if my program director had more hair, he would pull it out. They hate the fact that I'm not a toady for Donald Trump. They, why aren't you doing what Rush does? Why aren't you doing what Herman Cain does? Just just suck up to Trump because the Trump people will like it. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I have to tell you the truth because I made a promise to myself when I started, when I left politics to do this. I said, I'm not going to do on the radio what I did in politics, which is carry water. It was my job. Um, and uh, but so CNN, all, they wanted a Trump show. They said we used to say we are going to have the Trump show and they gave themselves the Trump show. 
844-404-1067. We're running out of time here. We've got a great guest, uh, Tucker Carlson, coming up. But first, uh, Danny, who won the debate last night? Uh, I think Carson won the debate. Him or Carson, they, they, both of them were good. Well, tell me uh, about Carson. What did you like about Carson last night? Uh, he seemed calm and relaxed, and he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. Unlike you, raising hell about Donald Trump all the time. <laughs> Danny, I can't disagree with you on one word on that. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, 844-404-1067. Coming up, more phone calls, plus Tucker Carlson from Fox News and The Daily Caller. Who won? Who lost? What did we miss? I am Michael Graham. Forty years ago, I smoked marijuana, uh, and I admit it. I'm sure that other people might have done it and may not want to say it in front of 25 million people. My mom's not happy that I just did. <laughs> It's 9.35. We are live, loud, and local. and We are delighted to be welcomed by one of Jeb Bush's pot-smoking partners, the lovely and talented Tucker Carlson, editor of The Daily Caller, a must-visit website, for me anyway, every day, and also the star of Fox & Friend Weekends. Tucker, welcome back to the show. Hey, Michael. <laughs> so um, so you, and Bo- you and Jeb are sitting around having a bowl, talking about life. Did you ever think that we would end up here with him running for president and you a superstar of television? No, and I'm just so glad he didn't out me as his supplier. <laughs> you know, you're part of that. You grew up in that kind of elitist community. Is, is there any shock at all that Jeb Bush smoked pot back in the day? No, he went to Andover in the 70s. I mean, of course he smoked pot. <laughs> exactly. You know, he was a pretty serious character, though. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he went to Andover, he went to UT, graduated in three years, and then got married at 21. So, I mean, he was not a stoner. Obviously, but I mean, you couldn't. I don't think you could make it through Andover in 1973 and not smoke pot. It was illegal. We're talking to Tucker Carlson, uh, DailyCaller.com. So uh, the obvious question everyone wants to hear the answer to: Who won? Well, I, you know, I, I I hate going with the conventional view of things, but right. I have to say, Carly Fiorina did a great job. I mean, and I I don't want to like Carly Fiorina because. I'm not impressed by what she did at HP. That makes me nervous. She she came out of nowhere. You know, she right. has no record of achievement in government leadership of any kind. And yet she's so articulate. She's so shockingly articulate. Right. And I agree with every single thing she says, except on the foreign policy side. Uh, but everything else, she's just so good. that sure. I mean, how can you not like Carly Fiorina? And that is the point is I'm trying to give, you know, props kind of stretch out like you. I don't want to be with the, in the bandwagon. So who else can I reach out to? And, you know, uh, Senator Rubio was OK. And Chris yeah. Christie was better than he's been. But they weren't in the same league. She mastered everything. And, and, and I want to run these by you. Number one, she obviously has done her homework. She's going to be able to beat Hillary point for point, fact for fact on her homework. Number two, she's uh, got pers- a personal story that I didn't know. I didn't know about the stepchild stepdaughter who had died from you know being involved in drugs and the fact that she was a secretary at hp first so she's got the personal angle and step three every question you asked her if she could uh uh tucker she turned it into an attack on hillary she wants hillary's blood dripping from her paint red fingernails when the debate is over totally and republicans are looking at that and saying you've got a tough chick we've got a tougher chick yep I mean, it's impossible not to think that when you watch her. Like, how would she fare against Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton is weak. We always talk about how strong she is, how tough she is. No, she's not. Mm -hmm. She's cloistered away in this weird little world with the same four advisors because she's so fragile. She can't bring anybody else into her world. 
how would she fare against Carly Fiorina? I mean, she couldn't play. The only thing she has is the sexism card. And Carly mm-hmm. Fiorina would just knock that out, you know, in the first three minutes. So I don't know. I can see why people are excited about her. Well, I don't know. So Hillary, we call her Mrs. Bill Clinton because there are two legs to her platform. Number one, she's a Mrs. And number two, she's yeah. Mrs. Bill Clinton. So while she can't say, you're not a woman, she can at least say to Carly, you've never slept with my husband. Oh, well, actually, I don't know that she can say that either. This is, you're right. This is a stumper. Uh, speaking of stump, how did Donald Trump do? Obviously, without him, CNN would have been lost because 18 of their questions contained the phrase, Donald Trump said this. So uh, in, a, in a debate that was designed as a you and him are going to have a fight, how did he do? You know, I think, he, you know, he did well for who he is. I mean, he's kind of, you know, his shtick is intact. He didn't melt down. I thought he looked a little old. I kind of mm. like Donald Trump, and I certainly agree with his attacks on the establishment. I'm not a Donald Trump hater at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he looked a little pallid, to be honest. And, I, and you know, I, I can't stand that back and forth about, you know, did you mock Carly Fiorina's appearance or whatever. I mean, grow. That's the one part I don't like about Fiorina. Grow up. You know what I mean? This is Uh, running for president. I got it. In defense of Carly, she's not the one throwing this around. You know what I'm saying? The media has seized on this. You know, she's not the one demanding an apology like pathetic Jeb. You need to apologize to my wife. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, Well, that guy. I mean, imagine if you gave him money last year thinking you're going to be ambassador to Belgium. (laughs) You know, and I like Jeb. I know him and everything, and he's a nice guy and he's smart, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody melt down more profoundly. I mean, I just, what is his, I know he's got 120 million bucks or whatever, but is there really a path to nomination? I just, I just don't see it. Do you? No, there is, there are two people who will not be the nominee, Jeb Bush and Donald Trump, which is good because those are the two people I've announced I refuse to vote for under any circumstances. I can vote for anyone else. I can vote for Pataki. But I cannot vote for those two guys. But I want to get back to the Fiorina. See, this is where I disagree with you on Trump. And I am a Trump hater, but I try to at least, you know, think about how he did, you know, from the debate standpoint. He, for the first time, had to back down last night. He backed down from Carly Fiorina when he said, I think she's pretty, too. I'm like, oh, my God, you're acting like Jab now. No, you're supposed to say, well, do something about your hair and maybe I'll start talking about it or something. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's supposed to do, Tucker. <laughs> He's just afraid. Even even Trump. I mean, maybe you're right. Yeah. This is the moment where Donald Trump finally showed fear. And the whole point yeah. of Trump was he's a man. No fear. And he's not embarrassed. And everybody else is embarrassed to mm-hmm. say what he really thinks. But Trump is not. And so the moment that Trump has to, you know, stand down, maybe that's the end of Trump. I don't know. Everybody else has kind of appropriated his burn it down rhetoric. Mm-hmm. So there's maybe less a need for Trump now. Everyone's mad at the Republican establishment. <laughs> I just hate them so much that it was just thrilling. Against my better judgment, I rooted for Trump because I was so thrilled yeah. to hear someone tell the truth about those people. Oh no, they're the worst. You're absolutely right. And I, you know, the we're talking to Tucker Carlson. If you don't go to DailyCaller.com every day, you're making a big mistake. He's great, and I, and my wife loves fawning over him every weekend on the Fox and Friends. Um, the 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 JV debate earlier. The one memorable moment, other than a couple of good jokes by Lindsey Graham, was Bobby Jindal basically ripping the guts out of the GOP establishment, flaying them on TV and saying straight up, if this is the best you can do, if you can't do something about the Iran, if you can control the House and Senate and your answer is we can't do anything, then what the hell good are you? And I was on my feet, Tucker, cheering, go, Jindal, go, go, Jindal, go. It was great. 
Well, I was actually texting with a buddy of mine who knows Jindal well mm-hmm. and asking, like, why aren't people supporting Bobby Jindal? Why right. do we write off Bobby Jindal? He's like the smartest guy running for president. He's got the best lines, and right. I agree with everything he says. I know he's short. He's got a weird accent. He hasn't, you know, he's right. not popular in Louisiana, but seriously, the guy is impressive. Yep. And he's and he's got the the mood of the moment. And I was wondering, you know, it's it's a shame for him that Rick Perry dropped out when he did because you think maybe he could have been the next Fiorina, kind of get bumped up because it's time to let's move. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rand Paul, I'm a, I'm a fundamentally a libertarian leaning person. Tucker, he's got he's not a serious player in this. Chris Christie's never going to get the nomination. Okay, bye bye. And let's get uh, let's get Jindal back up on that stage if we can. I will say this for Jindal though. It's, it, he's, he's a little puzzled. He can't figure out, for some reason, whenever he sees uh, Joe Biden, Joe asks him to make him a Slurpee. And I don't understand what that, <laughs> why that is, and it's Pretty fairly good. confusing him. Uh, let me ask you something else uh, before I let you go, because you love talking about whatever's happening in the world. Uh, the kid in Texas who made a homemade clock and brought it to school and ended up not just in trouble, but actually handcuffed, arrested, and in an interrogation room with five cops. What's the story here, Tucker Carlson? Well, Obama thinks the story is America's racist, and that's what the left has taken from this. And so he's thrilled any opportunity Obama gets to point up the racism of white America. He'll take it. He rolls around in it like a dog in beer droppings. He just, he loves it. (laughs) But the real lesson here is that the people who run schools have bad judgment in a lot of cases. The zero tolerance nonsense where a kid makes a gun out of a piece of French toast and gets, you know, suspended or whatever. You see these stories every single day where school authorities can't discern between harmless and dangerous. They just, they're hysterical. They're not impressive people by and large. And they just, they don't make the decisions. I mean, that's the lesson, I think. Natural truth. Number nine, the dumbest people in America are the people we hire to make our kids smarter. But Tucker, you also can't let the cops off the hook. I love the fact that police department, police officers are finally figuring out how frustrated a lot of Americans are with them and they don't understand why. And I go, because of stuff like this, you handcuffed a ninth grader over a clock. You're supposed to be the people who use discretion. We know the education bureaucrats are morons. Education majors have the lowest collective SAT score of any discipline at the university level. But cops are supposed to have some common sense. You know, they're supposed to show up and look at the eggheads and go, oh, come, chill out. And the cops. I couldn't agree more. Are, and the, the, fact that, uh, the, the fact that Black Lives Matter is evil should not distract from yep. the fact that there are abuses. And. All citizens, including me, an affluent white guy, I've, I've experienced it. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. we should demand more, uh, really, I think. And I, I'm not against all police at all, but right. abuses of power by the police are a big Look, deal, conservat- no who they're against. Conservatives should be the first to understand that the police are government workers, and they exactly. need to be held to the same standard, which is unionized. We, government exactly, workers. We know you've got a cushy gig. We know you're not interested in heavy lifting. Fine. Just use some common sense. Retire at 52 and we'll all be happy. But if you're going to be morons who are going around doing no knock raids in the middle of the night, as we just had here over an ounce of meth and blow a baby's face off because you want to play G.I. Joe, if you're going to be busting, as we had recently, a 13 year old kid for kissing a 14 year old girl and charging her with sex, charging him with sexual assault. You're, I'm sorry, we're not going to respect you as much because you're acting foolishly. You're acting like, well, government employees and conservatives well, it's should also lead the authoritarian. Fight. It's the state crushing the population. I is. mean, again, I respect the cops because they do a hard job yep. and all that. And I, you know, I'm for 
the rule of law and I'm not a reflexive cop hater, but I completely agree with you. And conservatives have this too often this attitude that anyone in a uniform is a hero from crossing guard on up. And my view is we give them, we vest in them all this authority, including the authority to kill people. That's right. And so we, we should supervise them pretty closely. And we should be the first. The, the, the call for police reform should be led by the right, because if we leave it to Black Lives Matter, they're going to cripple the cops because they true. Many people on the fringe of that group truly don't like cops. Tucker Carlson, exactly. we love you. Thank you so much for joining us. My wife still says, when is he going to get a haircut? I don't know what to tell her, Tucker, but I really <laughs> oh, appreciate you joining us. Michael. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Sure, I don't think a 14 year old should ever get arrested for bringing a clock to school. That was Bobby Jindal, who's actually asked in yesterday's debate about the Texas clock boy story. You know the story, right? The kid makes a clock at home. He's a tinkerer. He lays like a little a go kart he likes to screw with. He likes to play with electronic stuff. So he makes this cool looking electronic clock, takes it to school in a little case that he. Gets at Walmart for five bucks, shows it to the teacher, and then everybody's brain falls out of their head. Bobby Jindal's right. No kid should go. No one should go to jail for a clock. No fourteen-year-old kid should go to jail for a clock. And I appreciate Tucker Carlson's comments at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. But Bobby, uh, Governor Jindal, you need to know that while you think this is just common sense. Sure, I don't think a 14-year-old should ever get arrested for bringing a clock to school. There are a lot of people who think, absolutely, you should arrest him. Absolutely. Of course you arrest him. He brought something to school, and it was unusual, and it scared people, and so he's under arrest. 844-404-1067. I I have a posting about this uh, at michaelgram.com on my blog. I also have a, a page there where you can vote on who you think won last night's debate. Uh, and I'd love to hear from you. But the people, what bugs me, and, and Tucker Carlson made a great point. President Obama is trying to turn this into uh, an Islamophobia thing. This is about the fact that the kid's name is Ahmed Mohammed. I'm sorry, Mr. President, you could not be more wrong. You do not have to be named Ahmed Mohammed to have school bureaucrats do something incredibly stupid and have the bumbling Keystone cops show up and slap you in handcuffs over it. We have a gazillion stories like this. They happen all the time. 12-year-old Alexa Gonzalez was doodling in school, only not like this, in a book. She did it right on her desktop at Junior High School 190 in Forest Hills. And for that, she was placed under arrest. Alexa says she was patted down and apparently had an offending agent on her, whiteout. Apparently they found my whiteout and that was another reason why you might get, you know, in trouble for that. Possession of whiteout. Doodling clocks and whiteouts. Slap the cuffs on an officer. After all, you never know what that 12-year-old might be up to. Of course, the problem is not Islamophobia. It's idiot police and idiot school bureaucrats who do idiotic things. And then the parents go, well, they're in charge. We have to respect government authority. So what happens? A boy is facing assault charges after kissing a girl at a Maryland middle school. Police say the 13-year-old kissed a girl as all part of a dare at Pikesville Middle School. The 14-year-old girl wasn't interested. Second-degree assault charges. He has to be punished. Oh, my gosh, this is terrible. One hand gesture gets a six-year-old suspended from school. The Colorado Springs first grader pointed his finger at a classmate in the shape of a gun. First grader suspended. Oh, my God, he had a finger 
Well, at least he didn't have a weapon. Seventh grader Ethan Chaplin has been home from his school in Vernon for two days after getting in trouble in math class. He says he was just twirling a pencil with a pen cap on it. The student behind him yelled out, he's making gun motions, send him to juvie. <laughs> the school told Ethan he was suspended pending the outcome of a psychological evaluation. He's making gun motions, send him to juvie. And of course the police show up and they do it. There's only one group of people I blame in the uh, clock story. Well, I take it back. There, there are two people to be held responsible. In my opinion, at 844-404-1067. First, the police, because the police are supposed to know better. I don't blame the bureaucrats because bureaucrats can't arrest anyone. Look, was my principal a dope? Of course my principal was a dope. That's generally who becomes school principals, you know, people who otherwise would be the assistant manager at uh, TGI Fridays. I mean, that's who they are. No, I'm serious. That's who they are. They can't make it in the private sector. They can't get a, they want to be at the same stature as lawyers and doctors and engineers, only they can't do math, science, or reading. So they become a school bureaucrat. Okay, fine, whatever. It's the cops. I expect more from the police. I want the, I want the cops like Snell, Snellville. The people call in and go, I saw a black couple with a, I mean, a white, yeah, I saw a black couple with a white baby. And I want you to go check it out. No, you're an idiot, click. That's good police work. I saw a kid and he has a clock, but it looks scary. He's under arrest. Five guys interrogated this ninth grader. Five cops in an interrogation room over a clock. All five of those officers should be fired. They should not do this anymore. They don't understand what their job is. They should be fired. But that, So that's group number one that I hold responsible. Group number two, you. You and me. We keep up this idiotic, whatever the police do, it's okay with me. Jeez. Is it going to be okay with you? When there is a uh, police officer digging around in your elementary school daughter's underwear at school, a true story from Maryland, because somebody stole a kid's lunch money, five bucks or ten bucks, I forget the amount now, but something like that, and they were groping around in kids' underwear. Are you going to be okay with that? When your kid is arrested over a doodle, are you going to be okay with that? When your kid is arrested over a science project, are you going to be okay with that? I Look, I agree with you. The vast majority of police officers would never do something this dumb. I agree completely. That's why we got to get rid of the ones who would. Everything about the story of Ahmed Muhammad and his clock is embarrassing, except for one thing. There is no Islamophobia here. This is not racism. It is not hatred. It is the kind of zero tolerance, see something, say something, do something stupid philosophy that we've governed America by. Right, am I the only grown up who's tired of this? Are there any other grown-ups who are like, would you just chill out? It's a stinking clock. Would you calm down? Did you see the White House got shut down, locked down today for 30 minutes because of a suspicious package across the street at the park? It was a coffee mug. It was a coffee mug. If you had a coffee mug filled entirely with C4 and you detonated it across the street, it would do no damage to the White House. This is just, ah. Why do we always have to overreact? What happened to common sense and judgment? 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 1006. I am Michael Graham, Atlanta's a home for the natural truth. What is the natural truth? It is the way the world really works. It's not the Republican truth or the Democratic truth. It's just, well, look, if I thought Donald Trump was the big winner last night, I would say so, even though I'm not a fan. 
I think th- that he had a very problematic uh, performance, and we'll chat about why in just a second with Matt Towery from uh, Insider Advantage Polling and from F- Fox 5. But I'll tell you, the biggest fans of Donald Trump were not the Trumpies in the audience. They were not the people, the anti-vaxxers. The biggest fans of Donald Trump last night, CNN. Republican candidate and Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal has suggested that your party's frontrunner, Mr. Donald Trump, would be dangerous as president. You since said that you misspoke. You didn't mean to say women's health issues. But Donald Trump said you as well have raised concerns about Mr. Trump's temperament. Mr. Trump has suggested. In addition to the fact that he's an outsider, one of the reasons Mr. Trump is a frontrunner, Republican voters say, Mr. Trump has repeatedly said, I want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk about number one on my, my, my Matt Towery of Fox 5, you watched a lot of debates like me. I slogged through all 445 yesterday, both debates. Have you ever seen a debate where almost half of the questions involved the name of one of the other candidates in the race? No, and I, I will say this. You remember the RNC's big promise that they weren't going to let the networks uh, create this acrimonious anti-sort of Republican battle right. and how they were going to change things. Well, so much for that. Every, <laughs> no kidding. Every question in that debate, well, I won't say every, no, but probably one. 75% of the questions were Mr. So-and-so, Ms. So-and-so, or Ms. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so says this about right. you. Uh, what nasty do you have to say back? It was just, it was, I was, my jaw was just dropping right. after all these promises from Rinch Priebus. Well, he didn't do it. Yeah, uh, the, the, the whole debate could be reduced to, listen, pal, what you're doing is a problem here. It's time for you and him to have a fight about That's it. That's right, exactly. That's right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sick of this. You and him are going to throw down. That's right. Get uh, down and fight. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking to Matt Towery, Insider Advantage Polling in Fox 5. So uh, the obvious question which, by the way, people can answer at the uh, michaelgram.com webpage or on the blog. You can pick who won. Right now, my listeners are saying that Donald Trump was the winner last night. Matt Towery, what did you see? Well, you know, I, uh, after the first debate on, uh, on Fox 5, immediately I went on the air and said Trump won the first debate, and he, I think he did. This time, I don't think Trump necessarily won the debate. He held his base, which is what you were alluding to. I mean, there's certain groups that like Trump, and, and he's holding that base. I thought that the, the real uh, great performance was from Carly Fiorina. Uh, I thought that she uh, was a standout because she was very concise, and she also got on point as being a female candidate who seemed legitimate uh, and strong. Um, I thought Jeb Bush got himself back in the race because he showed a little personality and a little verve about him. Um, as far as the other candidates go, Chris Christie was not bad. Uh, Kasich didn't get a chance to say very much, quite frankly. I don't mm-hmm. think Scott Walker's helping himself in these debates. Nope. Rand Paul's sort of a non-issue, uh, you know, taking down the other candidates. Uh, Ted Cruz is doing something very interesting. He's a great debater, and uh, he's going after, like Mike Huckabee, the evangelical vote, which is right. really big in a state like Georgia or Alabama. So he may be laying the groundwork for a comeback in the South down the road. I th- all in all, I thought everybody did pretty well. Trump... He's not. He, believe me, I've, I've been very complimentary of Trump. But the problem that Trump has is he's running out of the opportunity to say, "I'll name that policy or those people later." You can't keep doing that going into Iowa. So I think that's where he's beginning to stub his toe. He did. A, he did come back in the second half though with some pretty good humor and those high fives and the like. So I think he'll probably come away having not hurt himself in the debate. Matt Towery, Fox Five, because you poll here in Georgia. Who do you think? What? What one or two or three candidates? had the most Georgia-friendly performance when it comes to the GOP here in the Peach State? 
Oh, I, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Trump is going to hold his lead in Georgia, probably. Um, I think Ben Carson may be may or may. This could be a real test for Carson. Carson was, you know, he's a brilliant man, but that monotone delivery he has, and not being willing to clash at some point is going to start mm-hmm. costing him some some support. I think probably down the road, it may not show up in this next poll. I think Ted Cruz may have helped himself. I think Bush may have helped himself with the establishment of folks who weren't sure where they were going to go. And let me name one other name. Marco Rubio actually had a very good debate last night. He was sweating profusely. I mean, that was a hot stage, and it was sure. killing him. But I thought Rubio was extraordinarily – when he was on, he was really on. Mm-hmm. And so I, there, probably the polling won't change a whole lot. I think in, in the next poll here in Georgia, you really don't see, think there's going to be a Fiorina bounce. Uh, well, that's what to, I, was about to say. I think in the next in the next poll, you're probably going to see mm-hmm. Carson come down, and this is just a uh, guess because we never know. Right. And I think Fiorina is going to move up, mm-hmm. and and she may not be in second place, but she's going to have taken a position where she's probably right. in double digits, which is which is something in this race if you can get to that level. Okay, uh, Matt Terry, let me explain to you why you're wrong, and okay, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> no, I think you're wrong about Trump. I think Trump really hurt himself, and I've played this cut a couple times because I thought it was just so significant. The exchange he had with Carly Fiorina was, in my opinion, a game changer for the Trumpies. In an interview last week in Rolling Stone magazine, Donald Trump said the following about you, quote, look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that, the face of our next president? Mr. Trump later said he was talking about your persona, not your appearance. You know, it's interesting to me. Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly and what Mr. Bush said. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said. I think she's got a beautiful face, and I think she's a beautiful woman. Matt Towery, that was Donald Trump doing something he's never done, backing down, cowering. As one of my listeners said, what a shame that the only person with uh, bigger uh, male member parts than Donald Trump was someone named Carly. And I think she put him in his place, and the Trumpies will not put up with that. They will not tolerate a Trump who acts like a politician. His answer should have been something about, well, you know, let me, I I got someone who can do your, you know, Ivana will do your hair and fix you right up. That (laughs) should have been his answer. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm I'm guessing that Trump, who generally has been averaging in the 30 percentile range, let's just say in general, around Mm -hmm. the country. I'm guessing the next poll in Georgia, he'll still be at 30 percent. But let me let me let me point out, as I said before, that is a thirty percent. They're probably not going to leave him if he, whatever he does. Right. That what he's not doing is he's not that debate hurt him in the sense that he's not building anything. I, you know, I I think that that's a, a very important moment, and I thought, that's not good. But I don't think it will cause his, his his supporters to leave him. I think his problem is that, and it's been said all along. Where is where's the beef? Remember the old thing from mm-hmm. years ago. And if he doesn't start supplying real live answers uh, on the third debate, it's going to start to get to be an old shtick. I, I, I think I, he's going to be stuck. Well, I agree with you on the old shtick. I mean, he's got to keep yeah. it fresh because I don't think it's about specifics. His supporters could care less. I mean, they just they want him to keep fighting, well, keep n- name calling, you know, yeah. keep he, attacking. That's right. what they that's what they want from him. One last question, sure. Bobby Jen. Uh, here's the, I think that as of right now, the person who is demonstrating they are the entire package for what the GOP wants, which is not part of Washington, can definitely take Hillary in a debate. 
and you know and feels the anger at, at the at, over the last eight years we do. Carly Fiorina right now is the whole package. Yep. Uh, so, but you know, someone who is getting in that arena theoretically should be Bobby Jindal. Yesterday, I mean, I thought he was great on the GOP. In fact, when he said the line, "I'm more mad at the Republicans in Washington than I am at Obama," I thought, "Wow, that really speaks." And yet. He's at 0.0 in the polls. Is there a way for a guy like that from a nearby state to use the SEC primary to get back in this race, or is that yeah, well, just not I mean, possible? You know, there's always a, a way because, you know, uh, many of these client, uh, candidates may make some silly comment at some point, fade away, or something come out we don't know about. So I'd never rule anybody out. The one thing about Jundel that sort of shocks me is that he is in two debates now. He's just let the whole debate just run away without really getting into it. And uh, not that debates decide these things, but they certainly have a lot to do with it. His basic problem, I'll end with this, Michael, it's all about money. You've got to have enough money to make it to the SEC right. primary. And if he doesn't get some traction somewhere uh, in Iowa, New Hampshire, or South Carolina, he won't even get to Louisiana. So that's really his big problem right now. Matt Tower, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mark the tape, soccer boy. The Republican nominee in 2016 will be... Oh, Jeb Bush, it always oh, goes to the establishment candidate. Dude. I'm telling you. And you know, I'm not saying that's who oh, I want, but I'm just telling you, it always no. goes to the I, establishment I, I, candidate. I will take that bet any day of oh, the week. Well, you know, I guess in a lot of ways I'm hoping I'm wrong, <laughs> but uh, the, the truth of the matter is I've just been around since 1980. I've never seen the establishment candidate other than Ronald Reagan. Who was not the established? This is this is not a normal year. And watching Jeb Bush demand an apology from Donald Trump, not get it, and then just stand there and go. I mean, what a what what a sad, pathetic figure of a man. If you won't defend your wife, you will not defend my conservative values. Give him him credit for one thing: he had twice as much energy as he had last time. It just wasn't enough energy to really win a a debate. (laughs) (laughs) He went from one double A to two double A. Matt Tower, thanks for joining us from Fox 5. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Ronald Reagan did a couple of really big things that we should all remember. He sat down with Tip O'Neill, the most liberal guy in the entire house. They started drinking together. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. We're going to drink more. Your host, MC, and star of the show. Uh, by the way, reminder, Braves fans, all season long, when the Braves score five more runs, you score at Express Oil Change and Service Center. Uh, no discount today, but be sure to keep listening to the Braves and your chance to win an Express Oil, uh, Express oil Service. Uh, Express Oil Change takes care of my car. They really do. They do a great job. Um, uh, so you just heard Lindsey Graham there. I wanted to throw him in. Someone just emailed me, Michael, how come you're not talking about Cruz? Well, you just heard... Matt Towery from Fox 5 and I talking about uh, Ted Cruz. Look, if there's someone you want to talk about, 844-404-1067. If uh, you think you know who won and who lost, no, just in your opinion, who won or who lost last night, 844-404-1067. Or you can leave your um, thoughts on who won and who lost on the confession hotline uh, at 404-436-2007. The best call on the confession hotline today will win a pair of tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola held at East Lake Golf Club September 24th through 27th. So call the Confession Hotline 404-436-2007. Who you think was the biggest winner, who you think was the biggest loser, and in one sentence or so, why? 
Uh, the, the other part, they tried to uh, enlighten things up. They couldn't count on Lindsey Graham to provide all the comedy, although he did a pretty good job. Let's create a rational, legal immigration system because we have a declining workforce. Thank you, sir. Tom Thurman had four kids after he's 67. <laughs> if you're not willing to do that, we better come up with a new legal immigration system. <laughs> they also went around at the end of the debate, you know, they try to ask lighthearted questions. And they were asking the candidates, what should your Secret Service code name be? And uh, some of them were pretty good. What would you want your Secret Service code name to be? <laughs> Ever ready. It's very high energy, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trump? Humble. <laughs> so if you have any thoughts on any of the candidates, what their Secret Service code name should be, call the confession hotline at 404 404- Four three six two thousand seven, 2007 and share yours with us in the, like I said, the best call. We play the best calls at 1145, and the best of the best will win those tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola. What should the code name be? I mean, to me, Chris Christie, I mean, it's, it's so obvious. He his, his choice was True Heart. Like, dude, no, no, no. Matt Dorn, the Havilah Expressive Traffic Center. Don't you think that the code, this Secret Service code name for a President Christie has got to be like pork chop? Don't you think it has <laughs> to be donut, uh, gravy bowl? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Something half smoke. I mean, it's got to be, you know, something. Doesn't it have to be that way? It's got to be. It's got to be. And I also think, and I, I don't want to offend, but Donald Trump is a source of a great, you could have a great code name. Oh, for we President could talk for Trump. 30 minutes I mean, about his code you know, name. He said humble, which was hilarious. I mean, it was once again a great line. From a great entertainer was the perfect example. But I just I could absolutely be see Donald Trump's you know code name being something like uh, yeah I don't know Hannibal Lecter or just <laughs> something just crazy yeah something crazy out there. Uh, so there's a lot to work with here. And then Lindsey Graham, of course, there's all kinds of uh, <laughs> yeah Lindsey Graham. Uh, well, I I think the the code name for Lindsey Graham has to be a, a famously closeted gay person other than Lindsey Graham. That would be my I mean Liberace. I mean doesn't that have to doesn't that have to be Lindsey Graham's coat? I'm just I'm just asking. I'm not saying look, hey not that there's anything wrong with that. Absolutely. You know there's that one point where he uh, Lindsey I forgot to get this cut darn it. Lindsey Graham says, "Hey, look, Kim Davis isn't coming after me." I'm like, "Well, dude, I wouldn't be so sure about that." I'm not sure. So if you have a code name for one of the presidential candidates, the confession hotline 404-436-2007. Uh, and I would love to hear it from you. Your thoughts on who won and who lost. Remember, we've got this poll going on at michaelgram.com. It's the top item in the blog. And uh, last time I checked it, Donald Trump was winning big time. So if you want to cast your, you don't have to register or anything. You just go to the, hit the blog button and you'll see Atlanta. Who won the second GOP debate? Vote here. And right now it's Donald Trump with 29%. Oh, Carla Fiorina has shoved ahead with 34%. Marco Rubio with, Rubio with 21%. I'm surprised. Astonishingly, Scott Walker's at 0%. Jeb Bush at 1%. I, I would love to hear from a woman about what you thought of that moment when he didn't defend his wife. Gray is on News Radio 1067. Gray, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Uh, the, who's losing the yeah. debate? is the American people. This has turned into basically like 7th or 8th grade, maybe at best ninth grade antics with <laughs> Donald Trump name-calling and everything else. My 13-year-old right. son that's in 7th grade has better manners than he has. I, I, and, that's and a, this, Rand, Rand Paul is, made that same point last night. 
and this this isn't about reality TV. This is reality. This is our this is our future, and how we're shaping our the next generation to take over and take care of us when we're in diapers. And I can't believe that this that CNN is letting questions be based on Donald Trump, they, policy, economy, right. homeland security, immigration. Talk about all that. Leave Donald Trump's crap out of this because he's just he's an idiot. Great. Thanks for the call. Uh, 844-404-1067. Uh, Jose, you're on the air. Thanks for the call, Jose. Yes, yes, sir. Can you hear me? You sound great. Take it away. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've never seen an election like this. You know, I'm, I'm 60 years old. and I'm It's like there is no Romney in there. No guy's going to end up like Romney did with it, that kind of support at the end. So if it's Trump, you know that everybody on the Democratic side wants that. Okay, you know, oh, hang on, let me make sure. So you think it's bad that there's no Romney there? Romney was favored from the beginning and just slowly built built momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's wide open. It is absolutely wide open, and I, I, is, doesn't that give somebody a chance to rise? In other words, they got to kind of fight their way through the ranks, with kind of Trump, thing. With Trump's numbers, it doesn't look wide open. Oh, okay. Romney didn't have those kind of numbers. No, no, you're right. Romney wasn't in first place uh, at this point. At this point, it was either um, uh, nine, 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 or Newt Gingrich. I forget which one. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But Romney was the presumed nominee the whole time. People, said, there is nobody now that's the presumed nominee because most people don't think that it's going to be uh, 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 Trump. And 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 Jeb is you know, down in the single digits. So we'll see where it goes. I think this is great that it's wide open. What do you think? 844-404-1067. Who do you think uh, is winning? Who do you think is losing? Who won and lost last night? Cast your ballot at michaelgram.com. Can't wait to hear from you. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. We're going to drink more. You know, I can get behind the president who wants to drink more. Absolutely. Of course... He wasn't the only guy uh, talking about partying in last night's presidential debate. Forty years ago, I smoked marijuana, uh, and I admit it. I'm sure that other people might have done it and may not want to say it in front of 25 million people. My mom's not happy that I just did. 844-404-1067. Who won last night's debate? Also, we're looking for the Secret Service code names for the candidates now that they shared theirs last night. Um and uh, as you can call the confession hotline 404-436-2007 and uh, your chance to win uh, tickets to the tour championship by Coca-Cola for the best answer there. Who you thought won, who you thought lost, 844-404-1067. Who you thought should be getting more attention, 844-404-1067. It was interesting, one of the parts of the conversation last night, two parts of the conversation last night, have you know kind of been the focus of the post uh, uh, debate, if you will? One was Carly Fiorina absolutely going straight at the Democrats about the Planned Parenthood videos that Hillary Clinton and President Obama refused to watch, even though they give half a billion of our dollars to Planned Parenthood. Anyone who has watched this videotape, I dare. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, to watch these tapes. Watch a fully formed fetus on the table, its heart beating, its legs kicking. 
while someone says we have to keep it alive to harvest its brain. This is about the character of our nation. And it's, uh, this morning, Carla Fiona was challenged on that. Uh, George Stephanopoulos used a report from Vox.com and basically called her a liar. And she stood up to him and took him on. And I was I'm telling you, right now, you know, it's early. This is why I love I don't agree with the guy who called earlier. We don't have a Mitt Romney. Thank God we don't have him at Ram- Romney. Thank God we don't have some pompous insider squish being forced down our throat. Jeb is in single digits. I love it. Um, uh, I love the fact this is wide open because someone's going to have to show us that they can win. And right now, and this is, I'm, I'm not making any predictions about the future. I'm just saying right now, Carla Fiorina is winning. She's beating Donald Trump in these debates. She's better at this than he is. She uh, stuck the stiletto in him. That's how she fights. She's not a brawler like Trump. She she fights with a, you know, a, a small, sharp blade and gets inside and cuts people up. And so she's doing great. And last night, just taking it right to the Democrats and not backing down. I thought that was significant. A lot of Democrats are trying to say, oh, that's not true. What she said isn't true. It didn't happen. And this is now forcing people to go watch the videos of this horrifying behavior that Hillary Clinton continues to defend because she is an utterly corrupt monster. Other than that, I love Hillary. Uh, President Obama continues to support it. It's just just horrifying. So uh, I thought that was uh, smart on her because it's an issue that resonates with a lot of Republicans as part of their frustration of why can't the guys in the GOP get anything done? Why are they just, what, you're just going to give Planned Parenthood their $500 million? That's it? They're just going to get the money? That's it? The other part that's lingering is the debate over uh, vaccinations and Donald Trump's comments about vaccines and autism. The science on this is uh, uh, overwhelmingly clear that uh, other than one small distinct uh, 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 group, which is uh, black male infants, there is no connection. There's a, there's a weak connection with black male infants, but there's no connection with everybody else with uh, autism and uh, vaccines. And I know that a lot of loony lefties driving in their Subarus and their Priuses. And, My little Johnny's too precious to ever get a measles or a mump. No, d- no germ would live in his body. We're too. We will listen to NPR and watch Masterpiece Theater. No germ would visit. Yeah, these idiots are not getting their shots. Does Donald Trump really want to be? Is this a smart place to be? Uh, you know, being perceived as the anti-vaxxer candidate. What he said last night was very squishy. He gave a very Trumpian answer where he said, on the one hand, I know people whose kids have gotten vac- autisms from vaccine. Uh, no, you don't. And then the other hand going, well, I know I'm not saying that I'm not saying I'm against vaccines. And I'm not saying that they get I'm not saying that they cause autism. I just know people that got it from their vaccines. That was that was my paraphrase of Donald Trump last night. Is this a good spot for a party that wants to win the White House to be in, to have a guy out leading, uh, being perceived as part of the anti-vaccine uh, movement. Interestingly, the Republican field has two medical doctors in it. Unlike the Democratic field, which has a tired elderly socialist, a failed Maryland mayor and governor, uh, a U.S. senator nobody's heard of. And another elderly socialist who happens to have been married to a president of the United States. The president, the Republicans have this big brain field. And it was interesting to hear Dr. Ben Carson, who was you know, his his uh, challenge is that he's trying. He's just he's trying to be nice. He's seen, you know, he's a nice guy and he's just not going to be the guy who's going to call uh, 
Donald Trump a dope to his face. But he did try to, I think, kind of calm, you know, kind of, well, no, 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 Donald, the vaccines are good, actually. You know, I, I know there's some debate out there, but the science is, uh, he didn't take him on the way he should have. And now some people are saying, well, maybe Dr. Ben Carson is squishy on uh, vaccines. And uh, uh, Rand Paul, his whole approach is parental choice, parental choice. And I get that completely. I'm with him on that. So 844-404-1067. Is Planned Parenthood a good place for the GOP to be? Is um, the anti-vax movement a good place for the GOP to be, in your opinion? And for those of you who, I, I, and I hear from you sometimes via email, michael at michaelgram.com, and basically say, Michael, I don't understand your show. I mean, you claim to be a conservative, but you keep trashing the anti-vaccine kooks. And you, you claim to be a conservative, but when police officers do stuff that's dumb, you don't defend them. You actually insult You treat them like government employees. Yeah, that's really my show right there is I, I can't be dumb for the sake of my politics. I have to do, uh, I have to follow as best I can the natural truth. And uh, the fact is that I think the principles that I believe in and try to live by will make the most joy, the most pursuit of happiness for the most people. That doesn't mean that I just turn off my brain and say, oh, I'm not going to obey. No, I'm sorry. I have to. And so if you if you look at the political right and you go, you know, I agree with them on so much stuff, but the kooks just freak me out. I want you to know that there's one radio talk show host who the kooks freak me out to. I just want you to know, <laughs> to know that. You can be part of this small government, free markets, live your life, you know, equal opportunity, hold people responsible for their action, don't coddle dummies, don't throw welfare around, don't fall for the PC crap without having to drink the Donald Trump water or Kool-Aid. You don't, ha- you don't have to. You don't have to drink the anti-vaxxer Kool-Aid. You can believe in all those things and not be a kook. And I dedicate my show to those of you who are trying to do just that every single day. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Two years old, two and a half years old, a child, a beautiful child, went to have the vaccine and came back and a week later got a tremendous fever, got very, very sick, now is autistic. Dr. Carson, you just heard his medical take. <laughs> He's an okay doctor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who wants to win tickets to Music Midtown this weekend in Piedmont Park? Be the first person to call 844-404-1067 and tell me which candidate for president said that his or her Secret Service code name should be Humble. Who said my code name should be Humble? 844-404-1067. The first person to call in, you will get the uh, tickets to Music Midtown this weekend. And you can say hi to my niece and all her buddies. 844-404-1067. And so glad that you are part of the conversation. I'm glad we played that audio about the Donald Trump thing. I want to be perfectly clear. Donald Trump did not come out the way that you would expect Donald Trump to do and just say, hey, look, these vaccines are a problem and these vaxxers are right. He, once again, he's using this squishy, mealy, well, I know somebody and their kid got a thing. thing." He claims they are autistic now and I think there's a problem, but I'm not saying there's a problem. And I'm saying, oh, come on, don't don't be that guy. 
Come on. Stand up and say something. And by the way, you want to hurt your cause, align yourself with the anti-vaxxer kooks. Uh, you are you you will not prevail with the American people. Uh, let's try to give away these tickets. Rick, what candidate last night said that his or her uh, words should be code words should be humble? That would be the Donald. What would you want your Secret Service code name to be? <laughs> Ever ready? It's very high energy, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trump, humble. <laughs> Rick, you nailed it. Way to go. You'll be going to Music Midtown. Stay on hold. We'll get your information and uh, have a great time down at Piedmont Park. 844-404-1067. Um, we haven't played much audio from the first debate because no one who's in the first debate is going to be a serious part of the final you know, campaign. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate because I think Bobby Jindal has a lot to offer. He's been interesting to watch. Um, as I mentioned in the show earlier, he is confused, however, that every time he runs into Joe Biden, uh, the vice president asks him to make him a Slurpee. He doesn't understand that. But um, one of the rants that Lindsey Graham went on yesterday was this rant about, listen, stop telling us we got to do this about Planned Parenthood. Stop telling us we do this. We've got to do something about winning. This is all about winning. And I have not heard enough of that. Rick Santorum had a great rant about the, the minimum wage. He supports raising the minimum wage. And his argument is, hey, all you Wall Street Journal reading eggheads, forget that. Who earns the minimum wage? What is it? You know, 3% of the workforce, about 1.5% of the adult workforce. Almost nobody earns the minimum wage. If, we have to, if, if raising the minimum wage will open the door to blue-collar workers to support us, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And he's at uh, uh, the, the, the math on this, without a doubt, you raise the minimum wage and lower skill workers are going to struggle. You're, that is absolutely true. No doubt about it. It has a negative impact on real lives. The math is completely against raising the minimum wage if you care about low, in, low skill workers, particularly black and Hispanic, low skill Americans. But you know what? Rick Santorum is right. So screw it. We give people politics is full of giving people stuff they want just to get their vote. That's what that's how politics works. Are you on my side? Well, yes, I am. Are you sure? Because what I want is fill in the blank. And then you give it to him right now. We spend a I forgot off the top of my head, but a gazillion dollars subsidizing ethanol. Because Iowa is the first state in the presidential process, and Iowa farmers love all the free money they get growing corn for the crappy ethanol. Ethanol doesn't work. Ethanol consumes more energy through the processing than you allegedly would save. In other words, the carbon footprint for ethanol is bigger than the carbon footprint for the stuff you're replacing it with. But we do it. Why? Because we're sucking up to farmers. Everyone understands that. We give tax breaks to uh, uh, families with kids. Why? Because families with kids vote. We give tax breaks to geezers. All senior citizens get a bazillion giveaways. Well, well secret uh, uh, social security. Everybody knows that if you're in your forties, you are never going to see social security. Everybody knows that. It's going to be something else by the time you retire because social security is broke. It's broke right now. Everybody knows that. Why won't it get fin- uh, get fixed? Because geezers love their money. 
and geezers show up in primaries. And so we give people stuff all the time. Why would the Republican Party insist on saying on something that is as relatively small as a minimum wage, we're going to fight you to the death on this. We're going to fight. No, why don't you say, hey, your middle class and lower middle class workers, we are on your side. And if you want a minimum wage tax, a minimum wage hike, if that's what you really want, we'll give it to you. We're going to give it to you as part of a package of reforms that's going to whatever, you know, fix more stuff, you know, deregulate business so that can be more jobs created in the first place, blah, blah, blah. But seriously, taking them a minimum wage from, you know, eight bucks an hour to 10 bucks an hour. That's the hill you're going to die on. When I saw Rick Santorum screaming that, and he was screaming it, I said, there, there's a guy who gets that we are in the politics business. Sometimes, particularly talk radio listeners, because you tend to be more informed than the average person. You t- and I'm not saying this to suck up to you. It's just true. You tend to be more logical than, you know, you don't do this stuff with feelings. Sometimes we for- forget. We th- think that voters are these rational automatons who go, I have programmed the position papers of these seven candidates and I have determined that I believe in the principles. No, no, no. They vote on feeling. They vote on, do you, do you make me feel like you're going to lead my country? You're going to protect my family, make things better. This is the game. The game is not smartetics. The game is not logitics. The game is politics. And I, that's one of the reasons, by the way, why we are where we are on illegal immigration. Lots of middle class people hate the fact that they see cheaters cheating the system. They go down to their grocery store to buy something, and there's somebody who's here who they have lots of reasons to suspect are not here legally, and they got a stack of uh, EBT cards, and they, you know, on and on and on. And it makes the people who obey the rules mad. The reason why so many Republicans are talking about illegal immigration is because it's a political cause. They're not talking about because it it's right and wrong. Look, there are other bigger issues when it comes to the security of America. Trust me, Iran going nuclear is a bigger issue than the security of America. But politically, it's not as hot an issue. It doesn't engage as many people as border security. So don't be stupid. Talk about border security. That's what I want to see more of. People who show that they get what the consumers, the voters want, that are trying to find a way to give it to them. And right now, just based on this little teeny window we're in, Carly Fiorina is the closest person to the whole package. 844-404-1067. Also, I'm hearing from people who say, Michael, you're totally wrong. The police were absolutely right to arrest the ninth grader in Texas for his clock. I'd love to hear from you on that. We'll give you that whole story coming up. Plus, our good friend Jonah Goldberg uh, joining us this hour to talk about the debate last night. I am Michael Graham. First of all, Rand Paul shouldn't even be on this stage. He's number 11. He's got 1% in the polls. And how he got up here, there's far too many people. Anyway. While I'm as entertained as anyone by this personal back and forth about the history of Donald and Carly's career, stop this childish back and forth between the two of them. You know, it's interesting to me. Mr. Trump said that he heard Mr. Bush very clearly. I think women all over this country heard very clearly what Mr. Trump said. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. We're going to drink more.
1106 and News Radio 1067. Hi, am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. And what would my code name be? I got to think about that. What the Michael Graham code name would be? Natural Truth would be the code name that I would want since this is Atlanta's largest diner table where everybody is welcome. Love Donald Trump. Hate Donald Trump. You are welcome at 844-404-1067. Love President Obama. Hate President Obama. You are welcome. 844-404-1067. Uh, Brandon says, Michael, we can't say your code name on the radio. The FCC would. Hey, wait a. What? No. So here's what we're looking for in the confession hotline. That's where you can call and confess your thoughts, your comments, the, you know, the things that perhaps you'd only say in the dark. 404-436-2007. Since the candidates last night rolled through their desired Secret Service code names, if you will call in what you think, and you can pick any candidate you want and what the code name for that candidate should be at 404-436-2007. The best calls will be, we'll play them on the air at 1145 in the confession hotline. And the best of the best will win a pair of tickets to the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola at Eastlake Golf Club September 24th to 27th. So help me with that. Or you can use Twitter and the hashtag GOP code names. And uh, I'll share those on the air. Obviously, the debate, the number one big story, the consensus is that uh, Carly Fiorina won. Uh, the consensus is that Scott Walker is still hurting. The consensus is that Marco Rubio seemed to do okay, but he's still in the back of the pack. And the consensus is either Donald Trump didn't hurt himself or... Donald Trump did hurt himself. That's it. no no one is saying that Trump won. Trump knocked out of the park. No, it's either nah, he did fine or yeah he hurt himself. I think he hurt himself because he had to back down to Carly Fiorina, and when you back down, that's not a good thing if you're Donald Trump. More on that coming up at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. But there's another story I told you about yesterday that has continued to develop. It's a story of a ninth grader out in Texas who made a clock from scratch and brought it to school. I guess everyone knows I'm the person who built a clock and got in a lot of trouble for it. The trouble started for 14-year-old Ahmed Mohammed when he brought a personal science project to school with him. He wanted to impress a teacher. It impressed the teacher, but not in the way Ahmed had hoped. She thought it was a threat to her. So, so it was really sad that... She took a wrong impression of it, and I got arrested for it later that day. The alarm bells sounded by the clock that was just a clock, not a threat, were heard all the way from the schoolhouse to the White House. President Obama tweeted his support for the young science student and even invited him to the executive mansion. I think uh, the president, like many of us, was... Uh, was struck by the news reports of uh, this particular incident. The White House was pleased to extend an invitation to Ahmed um, to participate in uh, astronomy night. Meanwhile, back in Texas, police decided this was no time to bring charges against a Muslim student for bringing a clock to school. We have uh, spent a lot of time and energy and, and, uh, and have worked well with our Muslim community. I do not expect that to stop. For his part, Ahmed says he's thinking about transferring to another high school. And just in case the admissions office is watching, Ahmed also mentioned that he really wants to go to MIT. Well, buddy, if you go to MIT, be careful. Because if you take a light bright, you remember light brights, right? The little light bright making things with light. And if you put light brights up advertising uh, uh, a show or something, you can get arrested by the cops for light brights. And that's what happened in Boston. I was there. We had an entire city shut down because uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force was doing, which is a, uh, a comedy uh, Comedy Network 
uh, car, excuse me, Cartoon Network Adult Swim show. Uh, they they hired kids that are doing guerrilla marketing. So they took light brights and they made figures off of this cartoon thing, one of them giving the middle finger. And someone sees it and, ah, I'm, that could be a bomb. Uh, no, it's a light bright. But it could be a bomb. Well, I mean, anything could be a bomb. I mean, every package, every, you know, every box could be a bomb. But no, that is a light bright. You can say, ah, and the police, we went, they call in the bomb squad and they're taking these things apart. And they were light brights, which is exactly what they were the whole time. And they played the same line that you're getting from the the authorities, the school administrators and the cops in Texas, was, which is, what it looked like, it could have been a bomb. But you knew it wasn't. You knew it was a clock. Yeah, but it looked like, but you knew it was a clock. Well, just because you knew it was a clock didn't mean that we shouldn't panic anyway. But yeah, it does. <laughs> That you shouldn't panic him. So there's a photo of this ninth grader in his little NASA T-shirt with literally with handcuffs on. What the hell are you thinking when you treat a ninth grader with a homemade clock this way? An uh, officer and the principal came and took me up. And they took me to a room filled with five officers, which they interrogated me. And then later that day, I was taken to a juvenile center detention center where they searched me. They took the fingerprint and mugshots of me. And they they searched me until my parents came and I got to leave the building and the station. And I went home and talked to my parents about it because I couldn't call my parents during the interrogation. It made me feel like I wasn't human. It made me feel like a criminal. Couldn't talk to his parents during the interrogation. Why not? By the way, that move is illegal. It's illegal to interrogate a minor without contacting the parents. Um... The school of district says we did everything right. We ask our students and staff to report if they observe any suspicious item. We took necessary precautions. We did nothing wrong. So that's my question for you at 844-404-1067. Is, is the, school, uh, are the school administrators right? They did nothing wrong. Did the police do the right thing by arresting him, handcuffing him, taking him to the police station and interrogating him, even though they knew for a fact that this was not a bomb? Uh, does it still is it just, Michael, we just got to do what we got to do. Is this what you think of as reasonable precaution or do you agree with me? No, this is zero tolerance stupidity. How many of you think that what the police did was, would have been wrong if it had been your child, but it was the right thing to do to Ahmed, Ahmed Muhammad? Because, well, he's Ahmed Mohammed. Is that the line for you? 844-404-1067. Um, or do you think that this is has nothing to do with Islam and everything to do with the zero-tolerance idiocy that we talk about on this show all the time? And as long as we say it's okay to be stupid, as long as you're being stupid for the cause of security— we're going to continue to have stupid things like this happen. You tell me. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Sure, I don't think a 14 year old should ever get arrested for bringing a clock to school. But lots of people do, Governor Jindal. They don't agree. They think that the, the school says we did everything right. The police department says we, we did everything completely appropriate. And why are you uh, upset with us? Here is the sheriff talking about uh, life there in Irving, Texas. We have uh, spent a lot of time and energy and, and, uh, and have worked well with our Muslim community. I do not expect that to stop. The issue is not Muslim, sir. 
The issue is the dumb behavior of school administrators and uh, school resource officers, i.e. cops, in story after story after story. There's, you don't have to be a Muslim to get tr- uh, run into this moron treatment. 12-year-old Alexa Gonzalez was doodling in school, only not like this, in a book. She did it right on her desktop at Junior High School 190 in Forest Hills. And for that, she was placed under arrest. That's right, under arrest for doodling because it's zero-tolerance stupidity. One hand gesture gets a six-year-old suspended from school. The Colorado Springs first grader pointed his finger at a classmate in the shape of a gun. When you're busting kids for a finger, of course you're going to bust them for a clock. Seventh grader Ethan Chaplin has been home from his school in Vernon for two days after getting in trouble in math class. He says he was just twirling a pencil with a pen cap on it. The student behind him yelled out, he's making gun motions, send him to juvie. The school told Ethan he was suspended pending the outcome of a psychological evaluation. It's a finger, it's a pencil, it's a clock, what are we going to do? A boy is facing assault charges after kissing a girl at a Maryland middle school. Police say the 13-year-old kissed a girl, as all part of a dare at Pikesville Middle School. The 14-year-old girl wasn't interested. And so when we're arresting people for sexual assault for kissing girls, when we kick kids, kindergartners and first graders and second graders out of school for uh, sexual crimes, I'm not making this up, when you uh, uh, are arresting kids for doodling, when you're busting kids for biting a Pop-Tart, into a, quote, gun-like shape. The problem isn't Islam. The problem is idiocy. And that's what this is. 844-404-1067. I absolutely uh, stand with uh, Ahmed because I stand against zero-tolerance policies. Kate, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Hi. uh, I I taught in a school for 10 years, and there is such an easy way to handle this. If, and by if, the teacher actually thought there was something wrong, which right. obviously there wasn't, um, all you do is call the kid out, hey, I'm at, you know, I know Mr. or Miss So-and-so, you know, whatever teacher right. is interested in tech stuff, they would love this. Do you mind if I send it to the office, and then I can take it to their room during planning, and they can take a look at it? Uh, they would think it's awesome. And then if the principal or whoever thinks something needs to be done, they can take it off campus and examine it if the police felt that was necessary. They can check it out. If it's fine, bring it back. So simple. Nobody's in trouble. And if it's fine, all is done. Yeah, it's that simple. And what's interesting to me is the thing that every bomb has is something that can explode. And this thing with its wires and its circuit board had nothing that could explode. I mean, you could just look at it. There was nothing on it. There was, you know, so that's be something. And so everybody knew it wasn't a bomb. And uh, so why would you punish the kid as though it were a bomb when you know for a fact it's not? And one story I read did say that he had shown another teacher already. Right, yeah, and he did. And that teacher he it. saw it mm-hmm. and knew, and that teacher was in charge of a robotics club mm-hmm. and knew it was fine, right. and yet they still proceeded as he, if it wasn't a clock. He specifically went out of his way to show it to teachers. That's why he brought it, was to show it to teachers. I, I, don't, I don't understand how people can blame the kid, even if you think, you shouldn't bring anything that scares people to school. Wires are scary. Okay, fine. You want to be that dumb? Fine. Michael, if I think the word bomb, I get upset. Fine. Look, if we want to be bedwetters, 
That's a that's a separate conversation. But even for bedwetters, once you know it's not a bomb, once you know it's a clock, why is the kid in handcuffs? Why? Someone tell me. I'm open to any answer. When you know it's it's the same idiocy with the light brights, then they sent a kid to jail on that. It's just, oh my god. This is so much about America, the JJ Nation. We are such a land of wimps. I'm scared. It's scary. Please help me. <sighs> Rick, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Go right ahead. Hey, Mike. Thanks for taking my call, man. If Glad this to. would have been a white kid, they would have called him a genius and gave him an A plus in class. <laughs> you think so? Yes, sir. It's all about stereotyping this the way in this world. You know, I mean, on the one hand, I see what you're saying. But on the other hand, Rick, we have so many other stories that involve kids of every race, creed, and color. We just played you that series of cuts. Uh, we had a girl who wrote about pot in her diary. The school read someone in the, in the school, got their hands on the diary, read about it. They kicked her out for a year. Um, a uh, Here in Georgia, a high school kid had two pocket knives in the glove box of his car. And something happened, and for some reason the police were, you know, looked in his car, and they found the knives, and they were going to put him in jail for a year for a felony weapons charge for a couple of pocket knives in the glove box of his car. He was a kid who likes to fish, and he used the kids. You already know about the Pop-Tart story. You already, uh, I, uh, the uh, kid who drew a cartoon picture in South Carolina of a, quote, bomb. It was like, you know, the circle with the little fuse on top, a spy versus spy drew that picture suspended from school. I mean, I could I could tell you these stories all day. So, I don't think I buy that this has to do with uh with uh, uh the fact that he's Ahmed or the fact that he's brown or whatever. I think this is a, a level of stupidity that we accept all the time. It's the stupidity of zero tolerance policies. When you're t- forcing a mom to explain to a first grade boy, true story, that he's a sex offender because he was sitting in reading circle and he touched the waistband of the girl next to him with his finger. When you're forcing them to do that, you're an idiot. And I, that, that school principal, that school teacher, you're idiots. When you're arresting kids over kiss a kiss, which had just happened two weeks ago in North Carolina, the officer who made that arrest is an idiot. Uh, thank you, Brandon. Bomb threat. Remember the uh, the uh, the challenge kid who wrote bomb threat, T-H-R-A-T. No, bone. It was B-O-N-E. Bone threat. And he actually went out and pointed at it. I mean, it, was, it was never. Evacuate to school. The kid's under arrest. The family has to get a lawyer. That isn't the kid's fault. Well, he shouldn't have written bone threat. Okay, fine. If you want to do that, you want to make him clean the, off the walls or make him mop the bathrooms or whatever. But everything else that follows, the arrest, the handcuffs, the suspensions, the freak out, that is all on us, the grown-ups, the adults. And there is no excuse for what the adults did in this case, any more than there's excuse for the adults who were going to throw the poor kid with two pocket knives in his car in jail for a year. Can you imagine your son being in jail for a year because he fishes and he'd forgotten and left? And I got, there's a hundred stories of these kids who had a knife from, you know, from a a weekend project or going hunting or camping or one girl, I forget why, but there was, 
She was using it to cut something like, oh, about food. She volunteered at a food bank that had a bread knife, you know, one of those long with the, the, the ridges so that it slices bread. And it was in the back of her car, and they did a car search for whatever, you know, school. And it was on school property. You're under arrest. The kid who brings a butter knife to cut her apple, you're under arrest. How can you possibly say the bad guy is the kid or the butter knife or the apple? This is our moronity. And you morons who keep backing zero tolerance policies, you morons who say, I'm glad they arrested this nine-year-old ninth grader. You're the problem. Because I guarantee you, when school administrators start getting fired and police officers start getting fired, the stupid will stop. But they count on you. Don't worry, they'll back us up. They'll back the way. Just do whatever you want. Search in the fight. Search in the uh, the uh, elementary school girls' underwear with your hand for a stolen five dollar bill. They'll back you up. Those 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 conservatives out there. They'll back you up. They don't care what you do to the kids. Just go get the kids. <sighs> Man, is that really the America you want to live in? Arrested for clocks. Arrested for kissing. Arrested for for doodling because that's the America that you are creating. This is all on you. Lunch doesn't have to cost dough because every day on Michael Graham's show Hey, wait a minute. That's me. The lunch line. Kick it. You get free lunch if you call and win. 844-404-1067. Free food is yours if you just listen. So call 844-404-1067 and finish this line from today's show and you will win free lunch at the Village Tavern. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. There's Lindsey Graham telling us the first thing that we're going to do as president. Yeah, and I like what we're going to do, too. 844-404-1067. The Village Tavern, award-winning wine list, craft and imported beers, handcrafted cocktails, amazing brunch, lunch, and dinner uh, just north of Haynes Bridge Road on Rainwater Drive in uh, Alpharetta. uh, Village Tavern, 844-404-1067. So I'm getting a lot of emails, which I love, michael at michaelgram.com, and they're challenging me, which I love even more, saying, Michael, that Ahmed kid, that was a plant. I heard from a, uh, another guy down the dial that uh, the dad's a, like a political activist or something. That, that was a plant. The White House was in on this from the beginning. This was all designed to embarrass, you know, to distract from the debate. To, it, was, it was for political purposes. Yeah, that's what it was. It was to distract from tonight, last night's big debate. Uh, I'm going to tell you why, even if you're right about that, which is very unlikely, you're still not right, and I'll explain in just a second. But first, Jeff, are you ready to win some free lunch at the Village Tavern? Jeff, are you there? Yes. Okay, here we go. We're going to play the Lindsey Graham's line. You finish it, you win free lunch. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. Jeff? Drink more. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. We're going to drink more. Drink more. Yeah, baby. Absolutely. By yeah. the way, J- Jeff, did you watch any of the debate last night? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I caught what I could, yeah. What would you think? Man, uh, I was really uh, impressed with Carly. No you kidding. Know? She, she's, she was really, really... Uh, you know, just uh, saying all the things I like to hear. Who was kind of the biggest kind of washout? Like you were like, I was expecting more and didn't really get it. I'm just really kind of sick of Paul Rand. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I know he's got some good qualities, but I don't know. He just, just seems bothered all the time. (laughs) That's a good way to describe it. I'll put you on the hold there. 
Uh, my wife, when uh, I, f- I forget at what point with uh, Donald Trump, but he was like just doing one of his long answers where there's no actual answer. It's just like word cloud. And he's going, on, 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 on. I'm going to do that. She finally said, oh, my God, this is the only guy that annoys me more than Obama. And my wife is not political at all. My lovely bride, Buttercup, she's not political at all. And she said, "This Trump is just driving her crazy. Yes, soccer boy? I was done with Trump at that awkward high five with Ben Carson. <laughs> oh, I that forgot. Was, oh, my that God. Was, that was epically awesome. That was whole There's story. nothing more awkward than two old guys trying to high five. Two old guys trying to high five, and one of them is white. And then what? you know, saw what happened. The high five devolved because I don't think Ben Carson realized what he was trying to do. So instead of just high-fiving, it devolved into a handshake. But it wasn't just any handshake. It was the Soul Brother handshake. Yeah. It was the locked thumb Soul Brother handshake. The, oh, only, the oh. only thing that I thought could have made that funnier <laughs> is if Ben Carson had too slowed him I don't know. on the down. Oh, yes, too slowed right, him. yes. Too, ooh, too slow. That would be good. I, I, I was waiting for Trump to drop a brother from another mother on him. I mean, it really was. It was that, uh, it was that good. 844-404-1067. Um... <laughs> So Patrick t- tweeted in about the uh, bomb threat thing. Michael Graham just said bomb on the air. It's making me nervous. Please call the police. And now he's had to retweet. <sighs> Attention, Radio 106.7. This is just a joke. Please do not react. And I hate to say it, but he's right. I mean, you have to be, if we're going to do this zero tolerance dumb, then the dumb is everywhere. Okay, here's this. There's a theory out there because in the Donald Trump world, there's always a conspiracy theory, you know. Ahmed is a plant. He knew that this was going to be viewed as a bomb, and he intentionally created a pro- crisis because he wanted to get arrested so that the White House could talk about it. This was a, this was a political plant. His dad's a political operative. It's a political plant. Well, first off, the chances that are true are very, very slim. I I, I got to tell you, the White House doesn't need the help. They they're already owning the Republicans on Iran and Planned Parenthood and the budget. And so they don't need the help. The, the, the kid story out of Texas, that's just unlikely. But here's the problem with that theory. The plan to embarrass whoever only works if you can count on the school officials and the police overreacting. If you send in the plant with the hoax bomb who shows it to his teacher isn't, doesn't this look like a bomb? Isn't this bomby to you? I mean, it's, it's, once again, this is the character. But even if that's your plan, well, then you have to have the school go, oh, my God, it's a bomb! Ah! And they all have to run around knowing it's not a bomb and freak out. And the police have to show up and go, oh, my Lord, it's a bomb! Even though it's not a bomb, it could ah! And they have to, if everyone acts reasonably, if, if a teacher looks at it and goes, you know, Ahmed, I don't think I'd bring this to school. I just, it looks a little suspicious or, you know, it makes me, it, it's, it's bomby, whatever, it makes me uncomfortable. Why don't you give that to the shop teacher, and I'm going to let him hang on to it, and you can take it home at the end of the day. If that had happened, there'd be no story. If the police hadn't, if the police, if the school had gone, ah, and the police show up, and they did what Snellville did just three days ago, uh, yeah, right, sure, whatever. Okay, good luck with this. Bye. We'll see you later. We'd be fine. It's the only because the bureaucrats and the bonehead cops acted so dumb that the, quote, plant worked. Please don't take your eye off the ball here. The, the ball here is not Islam and Ahmed and blah, blah. And the ball here is certainly not knee-jerk hatred of the cops. The ball here is zero-tolerance stupidity. We have zero-tolerance policies because dopey suburban women who live in a constant state of terror demand that we have my little munchkin went to school with a kid, and the kid wrote... Uh, the, do you remember the one with the note? 
a, gr- a, a girl wrote down a list of the people I love and people I hate from her class, and a teacher found the list, and she had to be kicked out of school for the list. Susie wrote my daughter's name down on a piece of paper under people I hate, and I don't think she can handle it. <laughs> oh, God. 844-404-1067. Whatever happened to common sense? Whatever happened to judgment? Let's ask Lee. Lee, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Doing great. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, your show this morning has, has got me upset. Uh-oh. Uh, you, we're, we're dealing, here's, here's the problem. We're dealing with narrow-minded uh, individuals with lim- limited mental capacity who create rules and then are not capable of intelligent, independent thought. And that's what the problem, and then they're supported by a union. Yeah, good point. So that, that's it. Mm-hmm. So they can do whatever they want to do, get their union to support them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and, they're, and, you know, I agree with you. They're idiots. Idiots. Well, let me ask you this. Do you remember, I, when I was in school, we had kids who were troublemakers, and everyone knew they were troublemakers. And then we had other kids who were just kids, and sometimes they would do dumb things. Our teachers and administrators treated those kids differently. They showed common sense. They knew when Tony was causing trouble that Tony was really serious about it, and they knew when Davey, Davey was just a dope. Did your teachers right. and administrators show that judgment, too, that, that discrimination, discriminated between the real problem and the non-problem? Uh, sure they did, but that was a different time. But it doesn't we, we live have in a world be. today, you know, none of my teachers belong to a union mm-hmm. supported by a vast left, a left-wing uh, Conspiracy. idiot political group. <laughs> uh, and, and these people are not capable of, of understanding that a one-year-old does not have the cognitive ability to think about shooting somebody with a Pop-Tart. Right. Very, you know, very good point. Uh, the Lee always says this, though, is it doesn't have to be this way. If parents will stop demanding zero-tolerance policy, if we'll start embarrassing administrators and police officers who engage in it, they'll stop. They will. This is our country. We need to own it, love it, and be willing to stand up and fight for it while it's damaging our kids and humiliating us. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Let's treat a rational, legal immigration system because we have a declining workforce. Thank you, sir. Tom Thurman had four kids after he's 67. If you're not willing to do that, we better come up with a new legal immigration system. <laughs> oh, that was Lindsey Graham. He was on fire talking about getting busy with it in the debate last night. I love that Strom Thurmond, uh, Strom Thurmond line. There was also talk about booze. Ronald Reagan did a couple of really big things that we should all remember. He sat down with Tip O'Neill, the most liberal guy in the entire house. They started drinking together. That's the first thing I'm going to do as president. We're going to drink more. (laughs) And when they weren't talking about getting lucky and getting drunk, they were talking about getting high. Forty years ago, I smoked marijuana, uh, and I admit it. I'm sure that other people might have done it and may not want to say it in front of 25 million people. My mom's not happy that I just did. You got to admit, Brandon, you don't expect a lot of talk about sex, drugs, and booze at a Republican primary debate. It was a frat party last it was, night. It was, it was wild. It was, they were absolutely uh, doing it. And then they started coming up with their own code names. They thought this was uh, a key part of the conversation. What would you want your Secret Service code name to be? <laughs> Ever ready. It's very high energy, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trump? Humble. 
And now it's time for the one, the only, the world famous... Thank you for calling the Confession Hotline. Brought to you by the Tour Championship by Coca-Cola, held at Eastlake Golf Club from 24th to 20, uh, September 24th to September 27th. Get your tickets today. So, Chris Christie, the mm. Secret Service name, right? definitely the Michelin Man. <laughs> That's just mean-spirited, which is why I like it. Candidate code names. Chris Christie should be Doughboy. Donald <laughs> Trump should be Hairbrush. Lindsey Graham should be uh, Broomstick, i.e. he's in the closet. Ah. And Carly Fiorina should be either MILF or Cosmo. Uh, Brandon? I like MILF. I don't, I don't know that we can use MILF as like a, that we not? a family. Well, I, my okay grandmother asked me a couple years ago, what does MILF mean? It was a long conversation. The answer is just way too easy. Squirrel top for Donald Trump. <laughs> can you imagine? Squirrel top? Where's Squirrel top? Yeah, as far as the debate went last night, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really liked what Ben Carson had to say, but man, he's putting more people to sleep than Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know, he's kind of like Bill Cosby without the beverage. Yeah. That, that should be, he should be like Cosby, that should be his code name, like Cosby Light or Nice Cosby. I was going to go with Doogie Hauser. Doogie Hauser, that's a good one. After Jeb Bush shamed his mom, aka the Quaker Oats guy, about smoking pot, Jeb's codename should be Spicoli. Hey, dude, let's party. <laughs> I like that. Christy, I've thought long and hard about this. Your Secret Service codename is Flounder. <laughs> Anytime you can work an Animal House reference in, that's winning. Michael, I think one of the winners of last night's debate was the audience for laughing when Trump actually said, I respect women. <laughs> He respects the amount of cash that they call. He respects yeah. him as a commodity. A Secret Service code name for Lindsey Graham. Code name Travolta. Tra- ah, I like it. Travolta or Cruz. Cruz, yeah. I'm one. calling to leave a code name for Christie. Uh-huh. If he becomes president, his code name should be Fooey. Uh, that's mean. This is mean. They don't have to, come on. It'll be that bro. I'm thinking about something more light like pork chop, you know. Or uh, hungry, know. hungry hippo. Oh no, that's mean. Too long. Yeah, the uh, code name for Donald Trump would be Doctor Bosley. <laughs> Air club for men, baby. I think code names should be Donald Trump, Rugrat, Lindsey Graham. It should be Gomer Pyle. Uh-huh. Uh, for Chris Christie, probably Jersey Boy. Okay. And for Free Arena, it should probably be Scourge in a blue dress. You know the Gomer Pyle reference is particularly apt. Mm-hmm. Has everything? It's got everything going for it. We got to give uh, the tour tickets to somebody. Who do you think? Oh, I like the guy who said that Ben Carson was putting people to yes. sleep like Bill Cosby. Ben, the Ben Carson call. Ben Carson put more people to sleep than Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Sir, you are our uh, winner of the tickets to the tour championship by Coca Cola. Hope you included your email address when you call the confession hotline. At 404-436-2007. Remember, it's open anytime. You could have called it during the debate last night. You can call it while you're watching TV tonight, while you're having dinner with your kid, whatever. If something, if there's something you want to share, just confess it on the confession hotline, 404-436-2007. Leave your email address when you call, and you may win valuable prizes. Can we do a really awkward high five, three-way <laughs> high five to end the show? Three, three-way high five that turns into a soul. Oh, and Ted Cruz looking at the camera scared me to death. It wasn't just a handshake. It was the soul brother handshake. I love that, man. Well, the, the blacks love Donald Trump. He, the, the blacks do, <laughs> the and black. the Mexicans do as well. I am the Michael Graham.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.